Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Uh, we're going to study in God's Word tonight about prayer. Ooh, it's a favorite. I'm so excited about this. We're, we're going to look at a, a Philippians chapter 3. We're going to look at verses like 317 through, through 49. And uh, just to, to frame this up, this is one of, this is one of the passages of Scripture that changed my life forever when, when I first got saved. It's one of those passages that's had a profound impact on my life. And so, you know, as, as I was praying and, and seeking the Lord on what to share with you tonight, He gave me permission to share this. I'm just going to read through the, the text here with you real quick, and then, um, and then we're going to begin to pull it apart. So starting in verse 17, this is, this is Paul. He's, he's teaching the, the believers there at Philippi. He says, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and the glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. Amen. But our, come on, 2,000 years later, our citizenship is in heaven. 2,000 years ago, the believers, our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Chapter four says, therefore, my brothers, whom I love and I long for, my joy, my crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Paul loves the church. Do you feel that in that verse? He loves these. These are, these are friends. These are dear, precious people that he loves so much that he's, he's trying to help them with a word, just like I'm trying to help you tonight. He says this, he says in verse two, I entreat Yodia and I entreat Sintiq to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. We're going to look at, into that in just a few minutes about how, how Paul desires to see unity through prayer in the body. And we get to the familiar verses that, I mean, if you've been around church any amount of time, you know these, starting in verse four, he he instructs them. I love this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Tulington Creek. Yeah, I heard him. I heard you. Again, I say rejoice. Come on. He, he double emphasizes it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here's the great exchange we're going to look at tonight. When you do this, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He closes with this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now he reiterates what he, he said there in, verse, in chapter three, verse 17. He, he kind of bookends this little segment. That's why I wanted to read you the whole, the whole context. He says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me 
practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. I wanna talk to you at all our locations tonight for just a few minutes about the transforming power of prayer and how when we'll make sacred space in our lives, time that we set apart, prayer meetings, to meet with God, if we'll make those times consistently in our lives, he will transform us from the inside out. Our hearts, our minds will be transformed with power from heaven. You ready to dig into that tonight? Awesome. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much, God, for speaking to our hearts. We're not here just to to hear fancy messages from tall surfer preacher guys. We're here to hear from you, the God of all creation, the great I am, the holding one. You're other, you're mighty, and yet, God, you invite us, you welcome us boldly, to come boldly into your presence through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're so grateful, God, that this is, this is something that throughout the, the millennia that believers have been able to do since Jesus died and was buried in the ground, rose from the dead, and was in heaven, sent the Holy Spirit, and every believer since is filled with the Holy Spirit. We have the power to be able to come into your presence anytime we want, to make time for you, space for you. We don't have to come to a temple or to a tabernacle. Or we, can, we can just talk to you, and we can just listen, and we can hear your voice. Your voice is so encouraging, so sweet. We need to learn how to hear it. So help us tonight. Speak to our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let me ask you a question. What image comes to your mind when I say the phrase prayer meeting? Prayer meeting. Think about prayer meeting. Prayer meeting. Who's been to like some of the prayer meetings we've done here at the church? I'm looking around. Some of you have been around a while. You've been to some of our prayer meetings, awakening prayer meetings. I think about, remember we used to do uh, like prayer week and we'd all come in we'd come in early in the morning before we'd go to to work then we'd get up early in the morning somehow figure out a way to get the kids like logistics taken care of we'd get to the church man we'd spend a, an hour on our faces together and then go about our days like those are some some prayer meetings come on you've been on the mission field anybody been on the mission field it seems like on the mission field like prayer meetings it seems like i, I don't know there's something about it you know um you're on mission you're separate from your normal routines of life and Man, prayer meetings, I don't know, they take on a whole new meaning when you're on the mission field. Um, maybe you're thinking, I don't know, what, depending on what your church background is, man, you might be thinking about people like running around waving banners, falling out in the spirit, you know, man, hey, or maybe something you saw on TV. I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm a kid of the 80s, man. You've seen it on TV, it's Fletch. Fletch lives, you know what I'm saying? Heal, televangelists. I don't know what you think about when I, think of, when I say the word prayer meetings. But when you look in the Bible, you see some pretty good prayer meetings, don't you? You see prayer meetings that are corporate like that, like a bunch of people gathered together. You see meetings just like, you know, the upper room in Acts chapter two. You see that, that meeting in Pentecost when the Holy Spirit falls and empowers the, the church and the church is born that day. It comes from a prayer meeting. Are you with me? You're tracking with me, all right? All right, all right. Just making sure. I know it's the first week of school. You guys, are, I hope you came in, you know, with your afternoon cup of coffee. Uh, another prayer meeting I think about often, I think about how uh, in Acts chapter 13, how they, the, the church is gathered together and they're a time of worship and fasting and prayer. And they, they send out Paul, who is still called Saul at that time. They send Paul and Barnabas out on the very first mission trip to take the gospel around the world. That come out of a, like a prayer meeting. They're there and in prayer, they, they commission them. They feel, they sense the timing of God. They hear the voice of the Lord and they send Paul and Barnabas out on that first trip to take the gospel to the nations came out of a prayer meeting. I also see uh, more individual prayer meetings, times where individual 
people meet with God. I think about some of the stuff we saw in our uh, whole story reading plan this week. I think about how Daniel used to have prayer meetings. Come on, we saw that in, in Daniel, how uh, they kind of set a trap for him, for the guy, because they knew that every day, three times a day, he would face Jerusalem and he would get down on his knees and he would pray to his God. And they, they caught him in that. And because of that, you know, they made up false, uh, they made up a big, a big, big deal about it, his enemies. And they got him thrown into the lion's den. That's what he's famous for. Of course, God came, saved the day. But uh, the thing about that is that he was having a prayer meeting at specific times. He had an appointment with God every single day, three times a day. He would make it a point to set aside sacred space to meet with God. And we see this in Luke chapter five. We see how Jesus had prayer meetings, right? To get power, his, his ministry is growing in, in that passage, in the context of that passage, his ministry is going off. There's miracles, signs and wonders, crowds, masses of people are starting to follow him. And it says that in order to stay filled with power, he had to withdraw to lonely places to pray. How about that? With the weight of ministry and the weight of advancing the kingdom of God, he had to withdraw to lonely places and pray. He had prayer meetings scheduled with God. In my own personal life, uh, some of the prayer meetings that I've experienced with God, just me and him, are some of the most powerful times that I can remember in my Christian walk. I remember, um, man, here you go. I'm, I hate to like bring up my stories, man, but I want, I want this to be real to you. You know what I'm saying? But it always makes me want to cry. So um, I'll never forget one of my first times I heard the voice of the Lord. I'm in a prayer meeting. I'm at the beach. I'm at the foot of Atlantic beach where it meets the ocean. I'm sitting in the sand and I heard the Lord. I'm praying about my fiance, Carrie, and I'm, I'm praying, God, you know, I'm, we're new to this Christian thing. I don't know. You know, are, are we meant to be husband and wife? I don't know, God, I'm trying to seek your will on this. He says, son, I made her just for you. She's yours and you're going to be together for the rest of your lives. I heard that in a prayer meeting, me and God, he spoke that to me in a prayer meeting. I'll never forget the time. Another prayer meeting I had with the Lord. I was sitting at the end of 4th Ave South in Jacksonville Beach and uh, it's raining and I'm in my 1988 Jeep Cherokee with 250,000 miles on it, rain leaking in, looking at the ocean, trying to discern the voice of God. I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. I'm in school at the time. I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. Do you want me to pursue ministry? Do you want me to, to work? What, what do you want me to do, God? He said to me, son, no matter what you do, I'm gonna use you. You choose. No matter what you do, I'm gonna, I'll never forget him speaking that to me. It was in a prayer meeting. If I would have showed up for those prayer meetings, I would, I would have missed that. I know he could have done it another way, but I had set aside that time to meet with God, to hear his voice, and he spoke every single time. I can remember praying for this message. I'm in a prayer meeting. I'm at the beach. I schedule all my prayer meetings at the beach. I don't know if you... This morning, I was praying for this message at the beach. It's just, I figured we'd live in Duval, man. Why not pray at the beach? You know what I'm saying? I love the beach. Man, there's something about it. But um, what, what got me through times that are dark in my life, you know? Uh, when your wife, is, my wife was, was diagnosed a couple years ago and she, her prognosis is clean. But, uh, you know, they, they thought they might've found a lump in her breast. And now we have to go through and we have to look at, you know, MRIs and, CAT scans to try to get to the bottom of it. What got me through that? Prayer meetings, time with God, with Carrie, with friends, family, by myself, with the Lord, meeting with God specifically, intentionally. It kept me filled with joy and hope for the outcome. When no matter what the outcome, we were ready for it. The outcome turned out to be good. When times, my, my dad has been going through a lot of health challenges. What gets you through? Prayer. 
what gets you through is these prayer meetings. It's scheduling time away from your routines to meet with God. Think of Jesus going off into the wilderness to, to get filled up with power from heaven through prayer. These are times uh, when, when there's more uh, month than there is money, right? When your money is gone, the bank account hits zero, and you still got the bills coming in. Guess what gets you through those times, man? It's, it's prayer meetings and a little extra work, maybe a side hustle. Are you with me? When, when things are dark, when things are at the worst, what gets you through those times? So, so in these prayer meetings, you're experiencing the glory of God, the goodness of God. There are times when it's, he's taking you through the valleys and he's with you. There are times when you're seeking wisdom. He says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should simply ask. Man, I want to encourage you, and through the scriptures tonight, I want to encourage you to set aside time consistently, regularly. This is one of the disciplines of the Christian faith that will change you from the inside out forever. As if you'll schedule regular times. I would try daily, every day to start off time with the Lord. Every single day, every single week, try to carve out some extra time to meet with God. You will be glad you did. Now in the scriptures, Paul was somebody who preached this. He taught this. He's a man of prayer. Amen. Paul was a person of prayer. He says, man, I pray in tongues more than all y'all. He says, I pray constantly. He encouraged you and I, I want you to pray all the time. That's, he's a person of prayer. Would you agree with that? Orange Park, would you agree with that? I chose this passage from Paul because of that. He really speaks to the life of the New Testament believer like you and me, because that's who he's addressing this to. And I came up with, come on, in old school, like back in the day, we would have come up with four keys to a powerful prayer meeting. I want to encourage you not just to write down like my bullet points or any preacher's bullet points, but I want you to take notes tonight and write down what the Holy Spirit speaks to you in the message. I know we can kind of get it in a crutch of like whatever flashes up on the screen, write it down. But um, I really believe it's more important for us to, to develop that habit of hearing the voice of the Lord, even while a preacher's up here sharing it. Does that make sense? I want to encourage you to do that tonight and see what you write down. After the service, like show it to your friend or show it to your spouse, like what it is that the Lord spoke to you during our time together. I see these four things in this passage of scripture in Philippians. I see these four things that make for a powerful prayer meeting. The first one of them is sound doctrine. In uh, chapter three, verse 17, he says, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have on us. And then he talks about these group of people who have strayed from the true faith. And they, they become what Paul writes about as enemies of the cross, enemies of the gospel. These are people who had heard the truth, but they had not followed in it. And they've become the enemies of the gospel and the truth as it would spread outward. And they would try to come to the, to the believers and they tried to seed them with false doctrine. And, and you know, uh, if you're looking in the scriptures and you study this out, it could be that they're, they're Judaizers. So they're, you know, they're really strict on, you have to follow all these rules. Otherwise you're not right with God, even as a believer. And it could be on the other side where these, these uh, people are known as the, the libertines who are just grace-based. Oh man, God saved us. We can do whatever we want. We can eat however we want. We can indulge however we want, do whatever we want because God saved us. Who cares? There, it's like this two different groups would come in and they're, they're competing for the soul of the church. Do you see it? And, and Paul says this is the solution to it. It's to imitate him and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example that you have in us. I wrote this down about it when I read it, that mature believers, you can imitate them. You can find mature believers and you can imitate them. It's, it's encouraged in the scriptures. Paul encouraged it. And I want to encourage it in you tonight. This is what you're doing when you, you take notes from us as we preach. Obviously, you should compare everything that's said from this platform to the word of God. 
Amen? If you take it home, you're just, oh yeah, Pastor John said it, it must be true. Go dig into the word, confirm that it's true, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. You know, if I make a mistake or something like that, I want the Holy Spirit to correct me. You know, you don't have to email me. You can, you can, email, me, you can email me at, you know, I'll check it later at celebration.org. Just kidding. It's not my email. Don't send anything. But um, <laughs> I want you to dig into the scriptures for yourself and the things that even from you here, from this platform, mature believers, you can imitate them though. They've, they've, they've fought the good fight. They're running the race. They're fully committed. And there's, there's something about it. I, I just want to boil it down to the two things that I, I see in every mature believer that they've got figured out is that it's all about the Bible and prayer. It's all about the Bible and prayer. There's a lot of aspects to the Christian life, a lot of aspects to Christian maturity. But if you boil it down, come on, I'm a surfer. I like things simple once in a while. Can you just boil it down for me to simplest terms? What are the absolute fundamentals for the believer? And I would say that you could just say these two things, encapsulate it all. It's the Bible and prayer. It's a Bible and prayer. It's being a student of the word of God, a lifelong learning student of God's word. And it's being a person of prayer. These two things, I've not met anybody who's gone the distance in the faith that doesn't have those two things on lock. They haven't settled them and decided on them and put it away. The Bible is the true and inherent inspired word of God, all of it correct, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness to equip the man of God. Are you with me? Like this is something that I settled when I got saved and it's allowed me to grow in the faith since day one. I took the Bible as truth and it allows you to grow. And it's something that you have to commit to as a, a believer. It's the Bible and it's prayer, prayer, speaking to God, reading to God, submitting to God, your thoughts, your heart, your emotions, the things that are, are you're, you're reading in the scriptures and letting the Holy Spirit breathe on them, letting the voice of the Lord. Jesus says that my sheep hear my voice, right? My sheep hear my voice. If your life's really loud, it's hard to hear his voice. You're one of God's sheep, man. You want to hear the voice of Jesus. If you're not hearing the voice of Jesus, I would say this, there are too many voices in your head. Maybe too much noise, too much clutter. We need to make these special, precious, sacred times with God where we're sitting, receiving from him, where we don't have the altar of our cell phones sitting in front of us. Oh my gosh, but my Bible is on my phone. What am I going to do without it? You're going to go out and you're going to go online. You're going to get yourself a paper Bible that does not have internet access on it. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm preaching. I'm preaching up here, Ryan. It's on now. Paper Bible. Now I read my Bible on my phone. I read the whole story on my phone. There's not, it's not heresy to read the Bible on my phone, but I'm telling you this right now. If I want a good prayer meeting, I do not bring my phone. Should I do a pastor Stovall on that? If I want a good prayer meeting, I do not bring my phone because I will be checking the surf. I will be checking the weather. I will be checking the stock market, the news feed. I will be checking my email. I will be, I just can't, it's gravity. It's so hard. So if I leave my phone where I'm not, outside the prayer meeting, right? Oh, it's real easy. All of a sudden the voices get quiet. And um, as, as I was studying this out, Bible prayer, Bible prayer, Bible prayer. Like I really, man, this morning uh, I, was, I was praying in, uh, uh, for this message and the Lord dropped a word in my heart for our youth. And it's for, uh, for all of us, but man, he, he wanted me to, to share some youth. Come on, from a JC, OP. I got them sitting over here at the arena, right? But um, here's, I want to say something to you right now, right here on behalf of Jesus, on behalf of Pastor Stovall, our whole staff, 
our church family, I wanna say this, man, we love you. We love you so much and we are proud of you. We love you. Orange Park, Julington Creek, I'm telling you, we love you. We, we see in you things that you don't see. And we, we see the potential that God has in you. And we see the, we see the, we're not like God. We don't see the end from the beginning, but we can see. I don't know how to explain it anymore, but when you grow up and you have kids, you'll be able to see what they can't see. I, that's, I can't explain it any other way, but I want to say this to you because, you know, I've got teenagers. So like I, Gen Z, I study Gen Z more than I even, I know more about Gen Z than I know about my own generation because my kids are teenagers and I want to know and understand them. And I want to understand the culture and what they're uh, dealing with, the things that are a trouble to them. And the, the thing about Gen Z, and this is what I want to submit to you here today. I want to speak this to you is that you have something you're having to deal with that uh, it's a result of what's kind of happened over these last few decades. It's called relativism, that there is no absolute truth, that you get to choose what's right and what's wrong. And I wanted to speak this to you tonight as one of your spiritual fathers. Man, some of you I had in celebration kids years ago. I'm telling you right now, I've been with you, praying with you, watching you grow up, speaking into your lives. We love you. And I want to lovingly tell you that that's not true. There is an absolute truth in the universe. There is something that you can count on to always be true. And that is the true and inspired word of God. It is, it is, it's, let me, let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. If you have the word of God, if you have the Bible in prayer, you have the Bible in prayer, the Bible in prayer, the Bible in prayer, you will achieve everything that God has planned for you in your life. But here's the difference. If you choose to reject the word of God and say it's just a word and it's one of many truths, you will miss exactly what God has planned for you. It's like having a billion dollars in a bank account with your name on it and you don't even know it's there. And, and we as your, your spiritual fathers and mothers, even your, your family fathers and mothers, we, we see it. We see what's stored up, the riches of God. God doesn't say that he provides for us out of what we can earn through our careers. He says that he provides for us out of his eternal riches, his glorious riches in heaven. He, that's how he provides for us. Imagine if you had in, your, in a checking account with your name on it, a billion dollars waiting for you to make a withdrawal, but you didn't even know it was there. If you reject the Bible, you'll never find out what God has for you. And you have to, you have to choose. This is the, the word of the Lord for you that, that came to me this morning. I have to deliver it. Is that he says, the, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. He sets before you life and death, but he says, choose life. It's your choice. We can't make you believe the Bible. We can't make you read it. We can't make you make it a, a staple in your life. Build your life around the truth of the word of God. We can't make you do it. We can only pray that you will. Make that decision yourself. It's in your court. It's in your hands. Julington Creek, Orange Park, 
youth. It's, it's in your, you have to decide. I am going to be a lifelong student of the Bible and I'm going to be a person of prayer. And I'm going to stand up in front of people in 30, 40, 80 years. And I'm going to be able to say, I have been a lifelong student of the Bible and a lifelong person of prayer. And God has been with me. He never left me. He never forsake me. He was with me in the mountaintops. He was with me in the valleys. He never left me. He never forsook me. He was always there to lead and to guide me and to give me wise counsel. Wisdom from heaven that's pure and peace-loving came from my Lord and my God every time I had a prayer meeting with him. This can be yours. It just belongs to you. It's your inheritance in the Lord. Receive it. I admonish you. I plead with you. We love you. And we, we want to see you embrace this, but you've got to do it yourself. Your middle and high school students, we can't do it for you. The word of God and prayer. I promise you, you'll change your life. I stand up here before you. I don't know nothing. I got saved when I was 23-year-old surfer, stoned out of my brains and no idea what to do with my life. Never been to church in my life. And all I did was I, I became a student of the Bible and I became a man of prayer. And now I'm up here before you, standing here preaching the word of God to you. The truth of the word of God encouraging you. I love you. God's created love in my heart that wasn't there before. It all comes from the word and from prayer. Dig in, man. Oh my gosh. I hope you receive that tonight. I really do. Uh, man, I was crying when I was like, Lord, please don't make me go off like that, man. We're going to have a nice encouraging. Come on. I'm not Joel Osteen up here. I'm the encouraging guy. I'm supposed to get up here and give you like, hey, everybody, we're going to leave with a smile, you know? <laughs> Thanks for bearing with me. I'd rather leave with a word from God than a smile in the day. I'll get the smile later. Come on, Bible and prayer, Bible and prayer, Bible and prayer. The second thing I see in the scripture, man, it's, it's unity. It goes into this, this little section here. It's funny. It says, uh, come on, let me give you their Greek names. Man, I entreat Euodia and I entreat Suntuke to agree in the Lord. Come on, my, all my Greek scholars are like, finally, geez. Yes, I ask you to also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side together with Clement. I like, at least we got one Duval name in there, Clement. You know, a couple Greek Come on, OP, JC, you got any Clements out there? I love Clement. Man, his name is actually in Greek. It's Clemes, if that means anything to you guys, but it means uh, righteous one and, and kindness. How about that? So Paul's addressing a disagreement amongst some of the leaders in the church here. And he's, he's talking to someone called True Companion. That's the guy's name he's talking to. He says, True Companion, I want you to help mediate this and bring the church back into unity, especially amongst these people. And I want to address this as part of your, your prayer meetings. One of the greatest things you can do is you can seek unity in your life. It'll supercharge your prayer meetings. And here's why. Uh, it says in Matthew 5, we're talking, we're talking in the Sermon on the Mount, one of the, the, Jesus' most famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about this in Matthew 5. It says, if we come to the altar and we have something between us and other believers, we should leave our gift at the altar. Don't worry, he'll watch it, right? Leave the gift at the altar. Go and make right with the person that, that you have differences with and then come back and, and worship. We've heard this message. I just want to encourage you this. This is one of the keys to unlocking your prayer life is to have a clear conscience between you and others. And man, when I was preparing for this message, gosh, it's, it, this is so hard to preach because you got to deal with, God deals with me first and then I deliver it to you, right? Man, I've got a list I'm a preacher, a pastor, and I've got a list of people. I'm like, man, I got a, from some letters to write. 
this week. I got some work to do because I know that if I'll seek unity and if I'll seek reconciliation and, and seek peace, be a peacemaker, the kingdom of God draws near. Amen. It's one of the ways you can draw the kingdom of God into your prayer meetings is by seeking unity. Who do you need to forgive? You can do that tonight. You can forgive someone in your heart and release them to the Lord. Just like that before you even walk out the doors. Others, God may prompt you, you know, you need to go and, and you need to ask for forgiveness from someone, whether it's in person or letter or I, I don't know, whatever the Lord would, would speak to you. But I'm, I promise you, your prayer meetings will become supercharged if you have a clear conscience before God and man. Do you receive that? That's a tough teaching because, man, now you got to go do something about it. The truth is out there. Now you got to go do something about it. But I promise you, man, if we want to be a people of prayer, we, we need to maintain the bond of unity amongst our, our family. Amen? Amen. The next thing I see, it gets into the meat of the passage right here in uh, chapter four, verses four through seven. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Come on, man. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness, your kindness, your, um, your clemency. How about that? Let it be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Here we go. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. How about that? You know what I, what I, I see here? Is that prayer is the antidote for anxiety. Uh-oh. I studied, I studied, you know, biology and chemistry and in college, things like that. And I know that there are other prescription antidotes for anxiety. All right. I was going to go into pharmaceutical sales. Instead, I ended up a preacher. There are other antidotes to anxiety that the world creates. There's one that God has created for us. Ooh, it's called prayer. Now I know I'm not up here. We're pro-medicine here. Hear, hear me right, like we're pro-treatment, we're pro-doctors, that's, that's who we are. We, we believe in that. But I'm telling you right now, if you're looking for a permanent solution to anxiety, chronic anxiety, crushing anxiety that keeps you out of the things of God, that keeps you in bed in the morning, that makes things difficult for you, that brings a dark shadow, that kind of brings blinders around the vision that you have for your life, if you sense the spirit of heaviness, if you sense darkness in your life, the way out, the antidote for all of that, the thing that will counter it is if you'll spend time in prayer with the Lord, meditating on the truth of the scripture. Remember, it's Bible and prayer, Bible and prayer. It's not just pray and think happy thoughts. What does the Bible, what does the truth of the word of God say about you? The truth of the word of God says that he, has bring, he brings healing to your bones. I love in the, the Psalms, it says that your word is like healing to my bones. How about that, man? Next time you're sick, how about read 25 chapters of scripture and meditate on it and see, what, see if God, I know, I'm, I'm not a faith healer up here, but I'm telling you what the word says. It says that the antidote for anxiety it's prayer. It says through prayer and petition, if we will simply make a time, make a space, get before the Lord, get transparent, and if we'll cry out to him and ask for help, he'll answer. And you can do it anytime. You don't got to travel to Jerusalem to the temple. You are the temple. You have full and complete access to this power. Right here, right now, when you wake up in bed in the morning before you brush your teeth, before you shave, you wake up all scruffy. 
whatever, you roll out of bed in the morning, if you will hit your knees on the side of the bed and cry out to God and make it a point to do it, something will change. You want to put God to the test. Put it to the test. Make space for God to move because you're standing on the word of God here. Make space for God to move. I don't know what he's going to do about answering the prayers. All right. If you're praying for a Learjet or a Ferrari, I can't help you. I don't know if God can. But if you're praying for peace, he's got you on lock. Are you with me? You're going to receive it. You're going to receive exactly what you need to get through whatever whatever valley you're in. Are you with me now, church? Are you with me? Last thing, real quick. Oh man, I love this. At the peace of God. Let me finish that scripture in verse seven. The peace of God, it transcends all understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love how he uses that word guards. Imagine like a sentry with a big fat machine gun standing on guard. It's like, man, I'm anxiety. You are not welcome here. Imagine 16 foot tall angels with flaming swords guarding your peace. Seraphim with multiple wings flying around with hot coals, poking people. I don't know. Seraphims are apparently the highest level of angel. Imagine that that you command angel armies. Did you know that? You command angel armies. When you speak, angels go to work. Did you know that? That's true out of scriptures. We won't go into it too much here because I've got 11 seconds left to preach. You command angel armies. If you need something done in the spiritual realm, everyone is waiting for you to place an order. I'm telling you, you want a you cure for anxiety? Send 10,000 legions of angels down upon your, your issue. Woo, I'm telling you, man, as long as you know that God's working, he will carry you through whatever it is you're facing. Final thought he has in this is one of my favorite passages of scripture because it's gonna go from, remember, we're, we're talking about we have to have sound doctrine in the scripture. We have to have unity. You wanna make sure you have the bond of peace amongst you and amongst brethren. That's gonna help. You're gonna plan to make an exchange in your prayer time, in your prayer meeting where you're gonna exchange your anxiety for his peace. And what you're gonna find is you're gonna find that you now start to have a much more mature Christian mindset. This is a target for us to shoot for in the Christian walk is that the thoughts in our inner monologue that, oh, you know it, that voice inside your head that's you talking to yourself, not at me, Julianton Creek, you know what I'm talking about, Orange Park, Arena, come on. You know, you're constantly telling yourself things, aren't you? One of the fruits of having consistent time in the Bible and prayer is that your thoughts become transformed and you're capable of doing this. I know people in the pit of despair that they're like, I read this, this next passage of scripture here and I have no idea how that could possibly be. It makes no sense to me. Consistency, Bible, prayer, Bible and prayer, Bible and prayer. You'll find that your mind is able to meditate on whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, commendable, any excellence, anything worthy of praise. Your mind will be focused on these things and when those thoughts of darkness and depression and anxiety and fear when they find their way, try to find their way in, they find that 16 foot tall angel with flaming sword guarding your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, amen? You'll be able to stay focused on the things of God because it's the things of God that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely. Somebody's with me, come on you will be able to lock your thoughts in on these things and you'll be able to make decisions that are pure and peace-loving based on God's word in no matter what field of life you're in.
Amen? So I want to encourage you in this as we close here. I want to call the, the team up. The way I want, to, I want to close tonight, come on, you can't close a message of pr- on prayer without prayer. Kind of, it'd be silly. I want to pray for you tonight before you go, before we hit the streets. I know we got school, it's school night. We're getting you out of here real early, so we're saving time. But I want to encourage you tonight. I want, I want to bring forward, um, well, just let me, let me say this, just in closing. Think about all the, 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 the prayer meetings I shared about Daniel and Jesus and about the, the apostles, the disciples. Throughout history, Christians have met or they've met with God alone or in groups. They've, they've met and they've sought the mind of Christ and they've sought the voice of the Lord and they've sought to glorify him and they've received peace from him for thousands of years, no matter what they've gone through. The problems were different in the Middle Ages. Their problems were different in the Dark Ages in, in, in the Enlightenment and they're different today. But Christians have handled it the same. Bible and prayer. Bible and prayer, scripture and prayer, the truth of God's word and meditating on it. This is, this has been what's gotten Christians through for thousands of years. And it will get us through until Jesus comes back. The Bible and prayer, Bible and prayer, standing on God's word. I want to ask you tonight, you know, what would God be able to do in you and through you? If you made regular times to rest in the Bible and prayer, if you, if you had a regular prayer meeting as a part of your daily routine, what would change? What would be transformed in your life if you set aside 15 minutes to, to be quiet and still before the Lord every day? It's hard. It's hard to do. But if you've promised that he would meet you every single time, would you be there? If you're going to have coffee with me and you knew you were going to meet me at 6.30 at Starbucks, would you show up? I heard a yo, not a no, Right? All right, VJ, that was, a, that was a yo, not a no. <laughs> if you had a meeting with me, would you, 6.30, Starbucks, would you show up? What if, what if Jesus had a meeting with you at 6.30 every morning? Would you show up? Do you really believe that he hears you when you pray? Do you really believe the Bible that we read? Because it says that you have full access to him. If you'll seek his face and you'll seek him out, you will find him. He is is available to you. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.